I used to have to get up at like 4.30 and sit on the M25. And I used to listen to Chris Evans when he was on the on Radio 2 in the morning. And I can't remember the details precisely, but I remember this was before I was running, but it's really, it really stuck with me and it's completely helped. He said, if you're finding it really tough, he said, you only need to know two things about getting going with running. And I might be misquoting him and I'm sure he's not going to listen. So I'll just carry on. Maybe he will. He said, if, if, you're, if you're finding it really tough, just shuffle, just shuffle. And then the second one was, if it's feeling okay, go a bit further. That was literally it. I only needed those two things. Welcome to another episode of the Running Tales podcast, where we tell the extraordinary stories of everyday runners. My name's Craig Lewis, and this week I was joined by ultra runner and environmentalist Rebecca Leake. Now, despite only starting running two years ago, Rebecca recently completed a 71-mile race. And not only that, she won it. As this podcast goes live on Tuesday, June 28th, Rebecca is preparing to come to the home of Running Tales, Northampton, that's the one in England, to take part in the Running Out of Time Climate Relay, a huge celebration of climate action and nature. She'll pick up the baton as it heads through the town on a journey which started at Ben Nevis on June the 10th and will finish at Big Ben on July the 11th. The relay aims to encourage everyone from our national government to individuals and communities to all work together to protect the world for future generations, which is something Rebecca is really passionate about. We also spoke about the role of schools in encouraging sports, including running for all, how Rebecca herself felt excluded and what needs to change. But I started our conversation by asking her why she was coming here to Northampton. Yeah, I actually, I really like travelling around the country, which we might talk about at some point. You know, I like not travelling very far. I've just been recently been to Leeds on the train. I live over in the east, but I haven't ever been to Northampton. Um, and there's a, a thing called the Climate Relay that's all that's happening over the next month I think from the 10th of June to the 11th of July I think and uh, and there's 366 stages and it connects Ben Nevis to Big Ben and it's called running out of time um, because we're running out of time uh, in terms of the climate our, our carbon budget uh, it's quite an interesting term that I've been reading about is very very small we don't have much leeway anymore you know we're missing targets over and over again and so we are running out of time and so there's this event I noticed it last year I wasn't a confident enough runner last year I'm not particularly confident now but um, this time it's a real adventure you know I've got three children I work I've book the day off I've got to get the train because I will not drive if I have to you know if I can avoid it Uh, I'm getting the train getting there running to the start doing the run running back again getting back on the train and then hopefully getting back in time with enough time you know for dinner and the children so that's what I'm doing next Wednesday in Northampton so that's the bit of Northampton I'm going to see very briefly yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. You're doing, um, for people in Northampton who listen to this, and there are a few, uh, Rebecca will be running the nine kilometres between um, Sixfields and Great Brington Post Office. Uh, I'm not sure how beautiful that's going to be for you, but uh, you'll see a little bit of Northampton in there as well. And and the good news, I think, is that it's not too far from the railway station to Sixfields, so you're no. not too far no. to that's right. And I had to look really carefully at the map because, as I say, I live over in the east. And if you look at the map of the of the route, 
Um, and this is no criticism of the organisers because they have to choose a route, but they've really missed out the east. And it's this corner that comes down to Northampton and then it goes off to the west again. So it was literally that little bit that I could just about do on a day, get there in time and get back again. So, um, yeah, that, that's why I'm doing that one. And so I know exactly and I know how far it is from the station and, and I won't be able to take my laptop on the train, so which will be very unusual for me. I'll have to not do any work or do write in a notebook with a pen because I can't then carry it on my back to run really I'm, I'm happy running with a backpack but I don't think I want my laptop with me so no but this is a it's, a it's a hugely important campaign that people are doing here and it's interesting you mentioned things about taking the train to the event rather than driving because obviously that's a hugely important part of cutting down on carbon footprints and so on isn't it and, and I know that's that's a it's all a, a subject that which is very close to your heart yeah, it's. I mean, I love. I love running so much. I've only. Been, I've been running now for about two years, um, and I love it for so many reasons. And it's actually changed my life. So you know, it's 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 been transformative, to be honest. Uh, and and I'm so pleased to see people running. And then it's so great that we, you know, with this uh, human body that is so designed for moving, and more and more people are doing it. Uh, but there's such a there's such a burden on the environment that we runners bring. Um, you know, we we ride, we drive to races, we fly to races, we buy loads of kit. Uh, I saw at the beginning of the London Marathon, I just couldn't believe it. Somebody saw it as a breakthrough that they had organised some kind of pickup of the clothes that are deposited at the beginning of the marathon so that they could be donated to charity. I just looked at her and I thought, what is this madness that people turn up to the London Marathon and literally just take off their T-shirt and leave it on the road? So the idea that it's a triumph that they're now connect collected and donated to charity, like this waste. And uh, yeah, so, you know, running is so environmentally friendly, just need a pair of trainers. And yet, because, you know, commodification of everything and things are commercialized aren't they and and people buy stuff and travel to places it you know there's this other side to it that I think we have to be really careful and really responsible about yeah and it is becoming a it's kind of I've noticed it become a bigger thing amongst a lot of races where you have options now where uh, I don't know instead of having a t-shirt or instead of having a medal um, which I know a lot of people love and I you know there's a debate around it all because people are like I really want my medal um, but you get the option to do things like plant trees don't you I think there's something called a uh, trees not teas or trees not teas yeah that's right um and uh, and you're completely right I did a big race recently that I'm so proud about and I won it so I got the trophy but if I just had the if I just had the medal it was a bit it was a bit of a sorry piece of wood and I, I think <laughs> so yeah there is that thing isn't there about getting something at the end uh, but yeah trees not teas because who needs a t-shirt uh, well I certainly don't I've got enough t-shirts thanks um so that's really good and then there's the green runners so the green runners is something that I came across I can't actually remember why it was maybe on Twitter and so you have to make pledges to join the green runners which I really like so there's a little bit of gate hole gatekeeping so so you have to make some pledges maybe around what you eat or what you wear or how you move which is which is related to what transport you use really to get to these races, uh, you know, those kinds of things. So they're really good. And they, they're, they're a collaborator really with this, with this climate um, relay. And they, they do really good stuff. And, and 
the founders and the people that are, that are behind it, you know, speaking out. That, that's right. So that's another one. It's like, and that's what I'm doing now. So I'm kind of keeping to one of my pledges, which is to join it. And it's, you know, it's not easy for everyone to speak out. We can speak out quietly or we can speak out uh, in other ways. So, um, you know, and actually raising it as an issue. So things like emailing a race and saying, can we not have a trees, not teas option? in the race and trying to be brave and say stuff like that and raise awareness. So, you know, they're doing really good things. Yeah, I think um, they've, uh, Green Runners have particularly come to even greater prominence because I think they have a lot of backing from some of the ultra running community. I think Jasmine Paris, Damien Hall are are both members of that and have really pushed it out there. But it's interesting you mentioned the pledges because I I was going to ask you about that because I think over the uh, 30 odd days of of this, of this relay you, you you've pledged to do various things yourself yeah i i can't oh now that you've asked me that i can't actually remember because when you sign up it's like or oh, you know i'm not going to eat as much this and the other but the thing is it i mean i'm not saying i'm perfect and we're all hypocrites but like i already take public transport as much as i possibly can i have an electric car i was one of the first people thank you very much to have an electric car um and i'm vegan and you know I tell people about all this stuff all the time I work in education and I'm a bit boring when I uh, that's maybe not the right word but you know I'll always raise it as an issue single-use plastic um, in schools you know that kind of thing Uh, so so yeah it's more of the same um, and focusing on that I think but yeah it makes you makes you actually really say stuff and take action. Yeah, I mean, I just, I've just actually got them in, in front of me now to jog your mind a little bit. Um, it, it's talking about things for, for people listening, like using existing clothing and training for the event rather than, oh, I'm going to go and get a new pair of trainers. Yeah. Just, uh... I, I, only, I only have one pair of trainers, so I deliberately have bought a kind of hybrid trail pair of trainers, which I, it's really hard for me to find the right right shoes. Actually, shoes for me are really a thing anyway but I and, and now they've been discontinued so I'm a bit stressed about that so I have one pair of it's my second pair if you like it took me a while to find the right ones um but I wear them and wear them and wear them and uh, so they're yeah I only have one pair of trainers so again it was like well I I, I don't really buy anything anyway <laughs> so carrying on in the same pair of trainers yeah so I've got to now think of a plan when eventually they run out they're really cool actually because they've got grips on the bottom and they wear out gradually and it was really useful recently because I, I had a bit of a uh, injury thing on my left foot and uh, I went had to go to a physio and we were able to look on the soles of the trainers to see if there was an in, imbalanced wearing out because that, they're all I wear um, and actually there wasn't which was quite reassuring but uh but yeah, I do not know what I'm going to do. I've got to. St- I'm probably going to start researching it because uh, as the mileage goes up, you do eventually have to get a new pair of trainers. <laughs> yeah, it's something that's uh, sadly un- unavoidable, isn't it? As we as we go yeah. along this path that we enter upon as runners. But yeah. I, talking of that path, I know that actually it's not one that you've been on for that long, despite having done quite a lot of miles this year. I think you're up to 800 miles this year now. You've only been running for a couple of years. Yeah, I think I started about, literally about two years ago, maybe even this week, it was around June, maybe it was the end of May, I can't quite remember. I, I was going through a, re- a, a really difficult time and I don't know what, I just do not know why I did it. I just went on a little shuffle and then did it again the next day uh, and then did it again. And it just made me feel so much better. Having now looked at it more carefully and thought back to the past of my life I really have always liked steady endurance 
and it's and it's that's always been something that I've naturally defaulted to although life happens so three pregnancies obviously I wasn't doing it much and three babies and you just just takes over your life and I'd always try and go swimming and feel so much better but then I would never keep it up because because of life you know I went to Italy for a year when I was a student and it was about 20 cents to go to the swimming pool as a student and I started going about three or four times a week and I would and I just got myself up to doing about 100 lengths you know I'm not I'm really small I was overlooked in sports at school completely uh, I didn't sport the team sports don't make much sense to me um, and I could never really like it like I can't do that play play scenario where you kind of really want to win I was like I didn't really I wasn't really that bothered at all about winning so it was all a bit silly it all felt a bit silly and then of course the running you do at school is very short distances or you do one long distance occasionally and therefore do it terribly unless you unless like some magic miracle you're kind of good enough at it and so my experience of longer distance running was generally kind of asthma attacks and short distance running was silly because I can't run fast. I still can't run fast. I'm, you know, I'm quite good. I've just done a 71 mile race and, you know, I've got my 5k time accidentally, really, because I don't really try very hard on it, you know, down from the 40s into the mid 20s. But I'm not, you know, I'm never going to be a sprinter and I was not a sprinter at school. Um, but there is a pattern of me liking steady, long stuff. And so gradually I suddenly went, oh, I'll just run a bit further. I'll just run a bit further. I'll just run a bit further. And, and it's lit. I think it might be my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really interesting what you say about when we start running at school, because it is that hundred, 200, 400, and then they go, oh, and you're going to do a long distance, 1500. And you're like, that's not really, a, I mean, when you're a kid, I suppose it is, but it's, I mean, that's, that's nowhere near even a 5k, which nowadays as runners, we yeah. it's the shortest distance. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, do, I went on a couple of kind of outdoor pursuits weeks in Wales when I was in year seven and eight or eight and nine, I think it was seven and eight, and we did kind of gorge walking, we walked up to Odomia, and I, I really loved those days, and my parents went to the Lake District for their honeymoon, and they took us away a couple of times to the Lake District, but I, I, I do remember moaning quite a lot, so I think, I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> I was 14 and I didn't want to be made to walk up and down a mountain but I did actually really like it and I've, and, I've, and whenever my kids the last couple of years have kind of gone oh, what do you want to do for Mother's Day my default answer this was before I started running my default answer was like I just want to go for a walk all day because that's all I knew I, I didn't really know running uh, but I was like can we just go for a long walk and oh, I don't want to go for a walk and and so that was actually what I was wanting to do and now I've learned to run uh, and it literally is that for people listening like you just have to learn how to do it that, that you know I can run forever just you know I've run well the longest I've run for is about 18 hours so so um so not as long as some people but but uh, I can run for 18 hours and it was okay so no, yeah. well that's definitely a, a a lot of running to get in I, I want to come back to some of your, your running achievements in a minute but I, I just want to ask one other question around the situations with schools and so on and your, and your own experiences because as you mentioned earlier you are an educator now you've been involved in education do you think there is a better way of schools encouraging people to run and just encouraging to do sports generally if they're not the to use an American expression if they're not one of the jocks who are who are naturally yeah. getting in every sports team yeah I think I think we have to think really carefully about bias that we bring in 
to, to the classroom, if you like, with children. There's gender bias everywhere. My daughters, uh, when they were younger at the school they went to, which was a lovely school, the girls um, in the play were cast as the, the petals in a dance and the boys were cast as lightning. And so they were like the sturdy, strong dancers and the girls were like the lovely, gentle ones. And just, I mean, that's just a micro moment, but there are thousands, I've got three daughters and I just see it everywhere. So that kind of all the girls, you know, they do that and the boys do this. I, I just think we need to just throw everyone in the mud. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of the things we really battle with in primary schools is timetables and short amounts of time. There are ways around it. We, we struggle with it in art as well, particularly. So that really sinking in for a few hours and allowing the children to just go into something. Um, and it's similar, isn't it, then, on, on kind of long distance walking, just, just going for a walk all afternoon or marching quite fast, because that is really, uh, you know, a really fantastic thing for your body to learn to do is walking. You know, a lot of people have never walked more than about 10 miles. And so building up the stamina for children and then in that creative arts experience of kind of going into a flow and into a state, how to how to uh, build that into your curriculum offer there's a lot of challenge from Ofsted that I'm, I mean I'm very involved with all the challenge at the moment with Ofsted so don't get me started um, but uh, yeah I think it's possible um, but we are limited on time you know the school days are not very long um, and we have to fit an awful lot into the curriculum and how how things are valued different things are valued differently and certainly if, if you said to Ofsted well every Friday we all go on a long walk and have a picnic all day I don't think we'd get very far but yeah as I said at the beginning really challenging ourselves about well they're the sporty ones and they're not the sporty ones I I certainly was overlooked I definitely was overlooked I went to music school in the sixth form and um, it was a music school within a mainstream standard school, if you like. And I remember on the uh, swimming goal. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I was always a decent swimmer. I learned to swim. I could swim a bit. And uh, for some reason, I'd been put into in the swimming goal of the two length race rather than the one length race, which, which was the long race, which is obviously not very long at all. And I didn't do any sport when I was at that school. You know, I was one of the musicians and we smoked behind the, the, the you know, the bike sheds and we didn't really do any of that stuff. I think for my sports option, I, I did rambling, which involved us sitting in the woods sometimes and then coming back again. And uh, but I complete I think I finished a length ahead of the other the other people swimming. I remember I got to the end and so, I remember there was a tap on my head, literally. So one of the PE teachers had gone, oh, who's that? tapped me on my head I looked up and he went oh it's you like that they still didn't come and talk to me about being in the squad or anything like that I was just written off just like that because I was a small flute player I don't know so there we are I had a uh, a, a strangely opposite experience of that in that I was oh, I was never amazing but I was um, always good enough at sports to be in kind of the football rugby cricket team I was actually not too bad at, at, at high jump when I was around about 14 but for some yeah. awful reason they decided to put me in the county 100 meters and I was okay at sort of cross country but terrible 100 meters as I think <laughs> if it's possible to be lapped in a 100 meter race I would have been lapped <laughs> but but yeah. I think one of the um one of the most interesting things is how to encourage those 
uh, less obviously sporty people to take part yeah. in because it can be very discouraging when you when you're perhaps the person with I don't know, slightly less coordination, not so naturally fast, and you walk into a PE lesson and everybody else is mm. really good and you're not very, and you're like, I don't like sports. When actually mm. you, you might, you just need to be given a chance to do it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I've had a couple of members of staff involved with my own children who, who have been, uh, who have challenged me, actually, well done them, in that, um, you know, they might not be the shape that fits the picture and I've even said something like that to one of the teachers and I said well I know she might not you know completely she went well we don't need to worry about that because she's doing it and she's really good and I felt like going yes thank you thank you for calling me out on that so you know there are people there around that that get it and we don't all have to be um future Olympians do we we just need to be fit humans that are happy in ourselves and so do it slowly and do it and enjoy it uh, and that's that's the thing and if it so happens that you end up streaking ahead slightly well then carry on training and get better at it but you know just enjoy it. it's a bit the same as music actually you know I did a lot of music as a child and you know there's this whole thing about you know you go to music school and music college and it's all about elitism and listening to every single note and really you know critiquing everything you know and, and how many of us are actually professional musicians and really what a shame that we aren't all just able to you know, sing some folk songs and enjoy it. And and it's kind of not really within our culture of just enjoying music for the sake of it, like it is in other cultures. And I think some of the uh, kind of education system has a little bit to answer for in that as well, so, yeah. And just going back to your, your own running, I, I guess there is a, I don't know if hope's the right word, probably not, but uh, there, there, is, there is hope for people who didn't do anything at school to go on and become and do lots of running. And, and uh, as you mentioned, you've, uh, uh, you've run for 18 hours, and I know that you did that 71 miler as well, which is just That's the big, same one. It's the same one. <laughs> but you won that race. You won that race. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so amazing. It, it really was amazing. In fact, it was so amazing that there were points to it. Well, I think I was like crying. I was finding it so amazing. Actually, I'll tell you where I learned to run. Uh, it's like, I, I had a job where I had this hideous commute. And I used to have to sit on the, I used to have to get up at like 4.30 and sit on the M25. And I used to listen to Chris Evans on uh, when he was on the on Radio 2 in the morning. And I can't remember the details precisely, but I remember, this was before I was running, but it's really it really stuck with me and it's completely helped. And it's what I saw you tweet, actually. It was similar to that. Is He said, if you're, if you're finding it really tough, he said, you only need to know two things about getting going with running. And I might be misquoting him, and I'm sure he's not going to listen, so I'll just carry on. But um, uh, maybe he will. He said, uh, um, if, if, you're, if you're finding it really tough, just shuffle. Just shuffle. And then the second one was, if it's feeling okay, go a bit further. That was literally it. I only needed those two things. So, I, you know, first day I ran about two miles and shuffled and felt a bit achy the next day, and oh, I'll do that again. You know, and then the third day, maybe I was like, oh, that's all right, I'll just go a bit further. And I still I still go by that so on Saturday I felt really under the weather I don't know whether it was hay fever or I had a bit of a virus or something but I really wanted to kind of do a longer run and uh, and I just kept well I only have to shuffle it you don't have to shuffle it and then by the end of it I felt really great uh, and then often what I find I don't know if you find this but I often find if I do a really slow run I feel amazing the next day it's like I've just warmed up my engines that's what it feels like to me but we don't do it often enough do we we don't do these little these 
lot, very long, partly because we maybe don't have time, but these long shuffles where you have to stop and walk up a hill for a bit and then you just carry on and it's all very relaxed. And, and that's, that's, you're doing it for that. You're just oiling the engine really, aren't you? And then the next day, suddenly everything's going, go for it. And you feel about a hundred times better. So I still, I still go by those two rules really. They seem to have worked so far. Yeah, I think they definitely work. And I'm absolutely terrible. For years, I would just go out and run as fast as I can. And I've actually, and this feels a bit bad for the people I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, but one of the ways where I cannot slow myself down, if I go out on my own, I'll go, right, I'm going to go slower. I'm going to try and do X minute miles rather than what, whatever. And and I'll end up looking at my watch and I've gone, I've got my marathon pace or I've got my um, half yeah. marathon pace. What is wrong with me? Um, and the only way that I've managed to slow myself down is by doing group runs. With, yeah, with people who right. are who are without being horrible to them a little bit slower and actually that's yeah. fun because then I have a nice chat as well yeah or sometimes uh, what, I, what I think also helps is sometimes if you go on a new route and you're not quite sure of the route and you have to keep stopping because I'm I'm a I'm a real lone ranger I can just about run with my other half sometimes depending on how my head is but I, I mean I've run away from people at races because they've been talking to me it's like don't talk to me I've been so I've been so rude to people on a race and they just keep talking I mean you get into the same pace as them and you're really tired because you know 10 15 miles into a marathon or something and they're like having this chat and I remember I stood to one side and let them go by and they said oh are you all right and I said yeah I just can't deal with your conversation sorry <laughs> and then off they went and then unfortunately I caught them up again so then I like really had to run past them and they were like well we're all out for you know we're all out you know for us it's a social and I'm like yeah not for me <laughs> so it must have been so rude um but uh but yeah so if you I'm not very good at running with other people but I totally get it I really do get it you have to almost make it into a slow run somehow however you do that yeah definitely I'm running the Suffolk coast at the weekend uh, we're going to get because it's well it's the longest day at the moment isn't it but the closest we can do it is at the weekend so we're going to get the train up on Saturday night to Lowestoft and start at midnight really and run the Suffolk coast through the through the night and through the day and that'll be a really slow run because we'll have to stop and we'll have to get our torches out and have to get some food and everything and those days I'm discovering are my training days there's just amazing training, really, really good training, even though it's a, running a lot, it's like 50 miles, but but it's so slow that it doesn't really harm you. I had a, a, a similar thing, not not running 50 miles at a time, but I was ill last year. And when I was coming back from, from that illness, I was trying to stop myself running at that, that same pace I was before. And actually, that's when I started to do a lot more trail running, because when you're looking yeah. for roots on the ground and you're ducking... Uh, uh, bits of tree and so on poking out at you well it yeah. show, slows your pace down and you, yeah. you maybe have to walk up a hill or whatever so yeah yeah there was a bit on this ultra that I did the 71 miler where it was so there was there was there were just nettles there were these really steep steps um, a lot of it was on these river paths and and it was just ridiculous you know <laughs> it's just had to, yeah there's places where and I think that's what ultra running People who are veterans more ultra running, they're not going to be surprised at hearing any of this. They're like, yeah, that's it. Is that you, you can run, you know, you run the bits that you can run and you walk the bits that you walk and, and that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I heard something about uh, a couple of the Barkley Marathon entrants, Amazing. which obviously is, you know, sort of the most ridiculous Amazing. ultras. Yeah. They, were, they were talking about, I think, John Kelly, who, who completed it, didn't he? And they were yeah. saying that he is, uh, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but he, he does a... Uh, 
uh, a, a pretty quick marathon, a, a two-something marathon, 2.30, 2.40. And yet when he was running in the Barclays at times, they were clocking him as running 20, 22-minute miles because it was so yeah, that's hard right. to run through it. Just walking, absolutely. Yeah, it's just travelling. The thing that's so amazing that I would love people to know <laughs> is it's like you just get to travel on foot and see everywhere. And I think, I do think that there's some combination about people who are climate aware uh who are you know uh, aware of what's going on with the environment and care about the environment and runners because we see it we you know we, we get this incredible appreciation of of uh, of how the world connects uh, on a small scale um you know this so if I, if I talk about this bra this this 71 miler you know i had to get the we got, there were some options so there's a three estuary a four estuary or a five estuary run so I did the four I went for the 71 because that was the longest I'd run before that was 33 miles so it was you know I was like can I do it I don't know I did um so I start so you there's the middle distance runners was the middle distance and we've got the boat over so you got the boat over to somewhere the Shotley Peninsula which is over here in Suffolk and then it was I ran from Shotley to Blackthorn now for people that know Suffolk that's amazing in the sense of I saw Orford Castle, Butley, Woodbridge, Felixstowe, you know, I just ran stuff like I got to see, you know, all these areas and connect them on foot and you just develop this appreciation of your micro environment. I mean, I do think it's hugely connected with, with people just jumping on flights in that people don't have that much of a sense of scale anymore because we just jump into our cars and go well I want to go to wherever and well I well I want to go to Spain so I'm just gonna go to Spain and they don't even know that there's a wood up the road I mean I'm still discovering I've lived over here now for five nearly six years and I don't know anything I know nothing you know I know I'm literally scraping the surface and this is somebody that's run the Suffolk coast and run the estuaries and runs regularly and I still don't know all the footpaths around me and I still discover woodlands and I still don't know what half the trees are you know and I'm a grower and I love trees and everything and so I think the more micro travel that you do in your environment the more of an appreciation and wonder that you get of what's already there you don't need to go to all these places and and you just you just become you come to appreciate nature really and you have so much more respect for the world around you i do think i do think it's linked yeah yeah i think we, we definitely have a pretty fantastic countryside in this uh uh, in the, in this UK of ours, when we go out there and have a have a have a look at it, and you hinted earlier about obviously exploring your local area, but also using running to to explore the country as a whole. Yes, definitely. So I'm, I've learned around where I am. I think I'd really like to do more of Essex now. So I actually live live in North Essex, but I work a lot in Suffolk. So I'm, at the moment, I'm the executive director. Sounds very grand. I'm the executive director of the Suffolk Primary Head Teachers Association. So I get to visit schools across the county and so what I'll often do is I'll try and find myself a run you know so the other day I went somewhere and it was near Rendlesham Forest and so I made sure I had an hour in the middle of the day and got to run in Rendlesham which was great and you know in Leeds I went to Leeds at the weekend on the train and or a bit of electric car driving which is also a pain because you can't always find the electric car charging points but anyway and you know just waking up in Leeds early in the morning and I just went out and ran up the canal and suddenly 
I've had a, I think, better experience, not of everyone, I'm sure there are other people that do, but what I mean is, is that, you know, when people go and visit places, they they don't run around it, do they necessarily? And I, I got up really early and ran up the canal and just had the most beautiful hour to myself on the canals in, in Leeds. I worked out where the Industrial Museum is. Uh, when, so then we went back in the afternoon and visited that. It's amazing. And, you know, there were swans with their signets and, and, you know, and all this kind of thing. So by, by running around on foot, uh, you, you just get to see so much more. You get a sense of place of wherever you go. I, I think it's, yeah, I think people are missing out if they're not doing that. So there you go, people. You, you heard it here. Get out in your local area. Get out wherever you're going. Have a run around. Rebecca, thank you so much for telling us your story. Check out uh, the Running Out of Time relay, people. And Rebecca, again, thank you so much for joining us today on the Running Tales podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to seeing Northampton very soon. Thanks so much to Rebecca Leake for joining us today on the Running Tales podcast. Good luck to her on tomorrow's relay. If you want to know a little bit more about it, go to runningoutoftime.com and you can find out exactly what they are doing and why. If you enjoyed this week's Running Tales podcast, please, please leave us a review wherever you listen. A rating as well would be fantastic. It really does help other people to find the podcast and to listen to great stories like Rebecca's story you heard today. You can also go to our Substack page, runningtales.substack.com, where you'll be able to read all about the Running Out of Time relay and about a host of other running stories, which we hope you'll enjoy. Anyway, have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you next week again for another Running Tales podcast podcast.